Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Okay, over the last few weeks, I've been speaking about the church. Um, it's just been on my heart that we, I think we, we lose how, how valuable the church is. When you're in something every week and, you know, that's your lifestyle, that's, you know, it, it, it loses a bit of its, its importance. And uh, church is incredibly valuable, not, not just for the work that we do community, because collectively we can do so much, can't we? On our own we can do very little, but together somehow we can pull off these amazing things. We've got the carols coming up in just a few weeks. You know, you need to volunteer for that. We need 300 volunteers. It is the biggest day that Ormo has seen for the last 20 years as a Carol's Day. And um, it is just magnificent. We get 10 to 15,000 every year. Voted number one Carol's on the Gold Coast by the Gold Coast Bulletin, not by us, but by the Bulletin. We didn't even know there was a competition until they rung us and said, you won. And we said, what? They said, you're number one carols. And we knew that, right? We knew that. But, so, you know, we can do so much together community-wise, but, you know, the church is incredibly valuable to the individual, to each and every one of us that come into the house, you know, where who have found family here. You might have found your spouse here. You know, I've married over the years. I don't know how many, you know, couples that have, met each other at church, and um, awesome stuff. Your friendship, you might, might have received healing, you know, a deeper connection with your creator. I mean, all those things happen individually when we come together collectively as the church. Now, this week we've been away at uh, our ACC State Conference um, up at uh, the Sunshine Coast, 1,200 pastors and leaders you know, in the same room from all over the state. It was just amazing. What a great time to gather together and, and uh, a great eye-opener to see what we as the church are doing statewide. Earlier this year, we had the National Conference, which is far bigger again, and to know what's happening around Australia, you know. The church is incredibly strong and incredibly influential. And all this is amazing, but, you know, I realise one thing. I realise one thing, the very building blocks of all that is achieved and that's the calling that is on every believer. The calling. Ephesians 4.1 tells us, Paul said, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And I thought about that, looking in that room and looking in this room today. You know, the one common denominator that we are the church is the calling that is placed upon each one of us. You know, I've been a member of the golf club down here for 20 years. No one's ever mentioned that to me. No calling at the golf club. You just pay your membership and that's it. But in the church, each and every one is given a calling by God a calling that we must live worthy to. It's wonderful. And the yes magnifies the no 
in all our lives. See, I'm not here today because I'm the best one that can do this job. I'm here today because God has called me. When we pioneered this church, you know, in 1995, just, you know, they came to Anne and I. They said, we want to plant a church in Ormo, would you do it? And we just said yes. Why? Because there's a call. It wasn't from them. It happened long before that with God. Five years before that, a guy pulled us out of a meeting, didn't he, at Southside, as it was known then, pulled us out, as, what was his name, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Chung. Good Aussie name. And um, Ezekiel Chung, I think he was from Hong Kong or somewhere, some prophet, and he came and we're just sitting in a congregation minding our own business. And he pulled us out and he said, you two. He said, come on out. And we come out and he said, you are called to pioneer. You're called to pioneer. We thought, oh, yeah. He obviously doesn't know us. You know, we just went to church. Came to church, went home, loved it, found Jesus, hallelujah, enjoyed all that. Said, no, you're called to pioneer. Five years later, they come and said, look, will you pioneer a church? We said, yes. Why? Because there's a call. There's a call. It's, in fact, it's the only credential I really have. All other credentials are only recognition of that call that God has given me. So whether I like this job or not doesn't matter because I'm called here. Whether you like me or not doesn't matter because I'm called by God to do this. Incredible honour, but with that also... Incredible responsibility. I want to have a look at the calling that God has laid upon your life today. Each and every one of us are called. Scripture is very clear. Paul said in Hebrews 3.1, he says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling. Didn't say, therefore, all you pastors and leaders. He said, no, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your eyes on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Let's have a look at something about this call that we need to understand. First one is that it's not circumstantial. The call of God upon each and every one of us in this room today is not circumstantial. Ephesians 4.1, it says there, as a prisoner, this is Paul speaking, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. We know that Paul had an encounter on the Damascus Road. He was on a journey to persecute the church. All those who followed Jesus Christ were his target. He had a written letter of authority from, the, from the, you know, the high priest and all of those guys to go out, capture any Christians you can find and put them in prison or worse. And on that journey, Paul has an encounter with Jesus Christ. And in that moment, he has a calling to reach the gospel to the Gentiles. From that moment, he committed his life to the calling of God upon his life. It wasn't like one day he was just bored with Judaism. It's like, man, I've been doing this all my life. I'm sick of it. I'm over it. I think I'll go and do something else now. No. No, he was zealous about what he believed. 
He was intent until the call of Jesus Christ came. Ephesians 3.1, he said, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. As soon as the call came, everything was out the window. Every aspiration he had, every ladder he was climbing in the Jewish faith and tradition, out the window. Because the calling of God came upon his life. It says here, you know, that uh, it says that he was, Paul, he was chained in a Roman prison. The imperial records show that Paul was Nero's prisoner awaiting trial by this tyrant under the accusations of his hostile Jewish prosecutors whose minds were inflamed with jealous hatred and who bore in their hands false and malicious charges against the apostle. That's what he was up against. Yet in his mind, in his mind, he was never a prisoner of Rome. He was a prisoner of Christ Jesus because of the calling that he had received. Didn't matter about the circumstances he was in. Didn't matter about the, the prison setting or, or who had the seal over the door. He was already in prison to the call of Christ upon his life and it dictated everything else from that point on. He could have allowed the circumstances to say, oh, wow, thanks, God, got your call. Look at me now, in prison, in chains. Things couldn't be worse. Things couldn't be this hard. How can I possibly take the gospel to the Gentiles? We're reading about it 2,000 years later. He's still taking it to the Gentiles. 2,000 years later. Why? Because he didn't listen to the circumstances he was in. He obeyed the call that was upon his life. Nothing is insurmountable when you're standing in line with the call of God upon your life, folks. You want to live in the best place possible. It's not Australia. It's the call. It's the call of God upon your life. Can I tell you today that you're not here by chance or in New Zealand, you're not here by chance? That was for you, Ben. So you're not here by chance today. See, God has directed your steps. God has directed your steps to be in this church at this time. And it is directly related to the call that is on your life. How do I know that? Because the body is made up of every joint neatly fit and supplied to function at its optimum. This church, Highway Church, functions at its optimum when every single one of us say yes to the call and the giftings that are on our life are put together to make the church. Not the building, as Pastor Dan said before. It's not the building, it's us. It's you and me. What an incredible opportunity. And we've got to know that all the circumstances will never, never be perfect. But the circumstances don't dictate our destiny. Our call does. Our call does. 
You know what? There are people in this room today that know they're called and have been running for many years. The Lord just told me that. I had a picture of Jonah in my mind. Some people here today, you know, you know, you're not liking this message at all because it's bringing it back up. And for some reason, some circumstance, some situation, when that call came, you said, can't do it. And you've been running ever since. Maybe today it'll change. Maybe today we can begin to build something of worth. Amen? The second thing we've got to know is that it's a higher calling. It's a higher calling. Again, Ephesians 4.1, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy. To live a life worthy of what? Of the calling that you have received. I love the fact that Paul challenges each one of us to live a life worthy because I'm sure there's no one in this room that has set out this morning to say, you know what, I'm going to live an unworthy life. I'm going to do my best to be unworthy. No, we all desire to live a worthy life. We all desire to aspire to something greater than we are right now. It's in our DNA. It's in our creation. Paul was motivating the church to lift their eyes onto something higher. Lift their eyes onto something higher. See, we're not striving for perfection because we fail in that. We'll never be perfect but we can all aspire to live a life worthy of the calling on, on our lives. Every one of us can desire to live a life worthy. It's a higher calling. Listen to what it says in verse 2 to 3. Paul gives us some pointers on how we can serve this call on our life. He said, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Man, that's a nice person to be around, isn't it? That'd be a great spouse. You know, you people single here today, if you're looking for someone, there's your criteria. I know the girls have a list, don't they? All the girls have a list. No? You need to get a list, and I need to start with this. Not how tall or how broad the shoulders or how many tats. No. No, completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You know, if all the Bibles were collected in the world and burned and they only left this one passage of Scripture, chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, you know, we'd change the world with that. Just with that. Just with those three Scriptures, we would change the world. We would make this world an amazing place to live in. Why? Because if we're not different, then we're the same. If we're not different, we're the same. We have to be different to bring change. When Jesus came, he never came the same. He came different. 
He had a higher calling upon his life. He had a different message. It was good news that he brought. If he was the same as everyone else, they wouldn't have killed him. It's not joining some elite group. No, it's living a life worthy of your calling so that the world will desire what you will have and change. If they never see it, they'll never know. See, the world doesn't have good news. You do. It's good news. See, and I position myself for a higher calling, to live a life worthy of that calling, which means that 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 moment I'm about to get angry or that moment I'm about to get ticked off and let fly, it's like, no. I live for a higher calling than this. I live a life worthy of that calling. My yes defines my no. Amen? Oh, it's a challenge, but folks, if we lift the bar, if we lift the bar, you know that that time that we get depressed, that time that we get disappointed, that time where we get offended. No, no, no. I live a life worthy of a higher calling. My flesh wants to get ticked off, but I refuse to do that because of the, the, the calling that is upon my life. I don't have that option. Amen? And then when that becomes habit, life just gets better and better. And the people around you will love you for it. You know, the other night I was, uh, I was out to dinner with Pastor Jeff Fines. And I had to do this because I was getting pretty angry. Um, if one thing that gets me annoyed is bad service. You want to know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm the nicest guy on the planet. But if you're a Neanderthal trying to serve me, I get a little ticked, I must admit. And we were at this restaurant. Pastor Jeff took Annie and I out for dinner, and, and, and the people serving in that restaurant were just, were just not in the space. Particularly when Pastor Jeff comes from a country where service is primo. You go to America, you go to a restaurant, they can't do enough for you. Like, it is just, I mean, they get tipped for it, of course. Their wages depend upon being nice to you, so there's a bit of an advantage there. But, you know, in Australia, we just don't get good service, do we? It's like they're there because they've got to get a wage. They're not there that you're valuable. And uh, I don't know what it is with me, maybe I'm just old and grumpy, but but it ticks me off. And I am watching this service and I'm embarrassed because I've got an American friend there that must be thinking, who are these Neanderthals? And I'm starting to, to heat up underneath. And I had to pull myself up and say, no, you can't do that, Brian. Anne will kill you. <laughs> so, you know, you've got to live a life worthy. She's raised the bar on me, folks. I can't. It's too dangerous not to do that. So, but, you know, this flesh will rise up all the time, won't it? Come on, in every circumstance, situation, in our daily routine, you know, we have the opportunity to say yes or no. Got the opportunity to say yes to the call, the higher call that's on my life, or to say no and let fly. 
I'll tell you which one has a better result. Matthew 7, 28, 29, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. And here's the difference because Jesus lived it. He lived that higher calling. He lived a life worthy of the higher calling that his father placed upon his life. The teachers only learned it. They didn't live it. And that's the difference. So you can sit in, you, you can sit in you know, church for 20 years and not live it. Is that fair? You can learn it. Learn it, another message, another message, another, you know, another scripture, another value. But unless you live it, you're no different. Because Jesus lived it, we've got to be deliberate about living a worthy life. And can I tell you, the benefits aren't bad. If you change your mindset, your way of thinking, say, no, nah, from today on, I'm going to live a worthy life. A life worthy of the calling that God has placed upon me. And yeah, it's going to restrict some things in your life. But you know what? The benefits of that, the benefits of that, the fruit that's going to come from that is wonderful. It's wonderful. In essence, we're not better than anyone else, but we choose to live better. We choose to live better. Because of that higher calling. The third one today is number three, you've got to be willing. You've got to be willing. It all comes down to this. Chapter 4, verse 1 again As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. The calling that you've received, not the calling that you heard about, but the calling that you received. And I think it's fair to say that Paul is, is lifting the bar. He's giving the church the end goal. Now, he's fully aware that in the Ephesian church, much like our church today, it's filled with People like you and me, just ordinary people. Ordinary, everyday, flawed people. He wasn't demanding perfection, simply that they would be willing. That we would just be willing. It's that simple. See, if someone sends you a million-dollar check, I hope you're tired of that. But if someone sent you a million-dollar check um, and you just left it in the check, if you didn't deposit into your account, that check's worthless. Is that fair? Like, it's great. You've got a million-dollar check. In essence, you don't have a million dollars because you can't access it until you put it in your account, until you bank it. It's the, same, it's the same with the call that's upon your life. God gave us a free will that we would be willing, willing to say yes 
to the call. It's not automatic. It's you have to take the opportunity. You have to say yes to the opportunity. You have to be willing. See, the word of the Lord that we've been speaking out of now for months, chapter 5, verse 14 says, this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity. Saying yes to the call that is upon each and every one's life. To say yes to that. Be willing to take a hold of that. And you've got to know that, that as a church, this is our time. This is our time. You're not here by accident. You are here called of God to be a vital part of fulfilling his mission on this earth. It's going to happen through us, guys. We're in this together. The call is for everyone. We all play our part. We all have different abilities and giftings and strengths, and God gave them those uh, gave those to you when you were created in the womb for today, for this purpose. You're not a drifter. You're a part of the body. You're a part of the church. It's one of the most amazing places you can be on the planet with such opportunity for each and every one of us. We come together, we're inspired, we're challenged, we're focused upon living a life worthy of that calling that he's placed upon us. Wow. There's never been a better time for the church to shine brighter because it's never been darker. The world has never been darker than it is today. We need to be willing to be that light. To bring hope. To bring purpose. To bring opportunity. To bring good news to the people in our world. Can I tell you there's too many empty seats. Too many empty seats in any church you go to. Any empty seats, no good. In any church you go to. Why? Because it means someone's missing out on the opportunity to raise the bar, to aspire to something greater than themselves, to make a difference, to live with purpose, to have a divine calling fulfilled upon their life. And I tell you, there's no greater place to be, regardless of circumstance and situation. You say, well, Pastor, you know, I don't have this, or I'm, I'm in this situation, I'm in that situation. I told you before, if your life is broken, let's bring the pieces together and we'll build from here. Bring the pieces of your broken life together. Let's lift it up to the calling that's upon your life and we'll build something great from there. It's not over unless you want it over. But you've got to be willing. 
Say, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Are you stirred up today? Is there, are you inspired today to say, wait a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live a life worthy. I'm going to raise the bar in my life. I'm going to be a little hard on myself. I'm going to be a little tougher on myself. Stuff I used to toy with that, you know, uh, I just used to, you know, appease myself. It was okay. No, come on, I'm lifting, I'm lifting the bar. I'm lifting the bar. The way I used to react in that situation, that circumstance, nah, I'm going to lift that bar. I'm going to lift it. I'm going to live a life worthy of the calling that he has placed upon me because this is my hour. This is my time to change my world, wherever that is. Because you know what? No one else can. Only you. Only you can change your world. Let me pray for you today. Father, we just love you. We just thank you, Lord, that in all our weakness, in all our flaws, you never give up. You never give up on us, Lord. You've always got the Holy Ghost there to encourage, to draw, inspire, to be better. Father, I pray for each one today. We don't attend church, Lord. We are the church. We are the church. And as we live at our callings, Lord, we pray and we know that if we say yes to that calling, then we will live a life worthy that will glorify your name. Lord, we will be that light in a dark place. We will be different because we're not the same. We don't deserve any better, but we have this opportunity in you. And we're going to take it and run with it and lift that bar and build something, something of worth. Our lives will count. That we make a mark and not a stain that the generations, the generations will call us blessed. And it's all because of you. We praise you, Lord. Amen? Amen. Come on, Pastor Dan.